This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. if you're doing well. And, oh my God, yes! Thank you so much for having us. I don't think I've ever been to Pittsburgh before, have you? Oh, definitely not, but our Lyft driver- definitely our Lyft driver gave us- unpack that. um, Well, no, our Lyft driver gave us a nice history lesson on the city of Pittsburgh. It was really fascinating. Now I really love it here. Is it homecoming? I saw things on the windows that said Pitt homecoming. It was a while, oh, the dirty windows. Hey, good Okay, <laughs> not here, it was like two blocks down. Okay, so we've never been to Pittsburgh. We have not had, what, Pirellis, what's it called? Promies. Promies? Permantes. Permantes. This is Greek mythology. I haven't had, it's French fries on a sandwich. Do we love it or do we hate it? We love it. I see very mixed reviews out there. <laughs> okay, so we kind of like it. If you've ever heard this podcast before, it's me and friends of mine just telling stories and trying our best to help. And people send in emails and voice record stuff. And we try our best, but we always fill in the gaps because we don't know all the information, which is why I love doing live events because you are here and we can ask follow-up questions if you have anything to talk about. Uh, We can be your therapists or your best friends Uh, or tell you what you need to hear. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to take my jacket off. It's about to get real vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love being vulnerable. It's a new thing of mine. Um, I'm trapped forever. Okay, just a backstory on Amanda and I. We met when I was 20 years old. Oh. When we were 20. Who's 20 in here? I'm 21. Hey! (laughs) I'm 21. Where's my prize? (laughs) Do you want to tell the story of how we met? 
I like I Amanda telling it because it's kind of There's mean. two different versions. Yeah, there's one that's the truth and one that I wish happened. Uh, yeah, I'll tell it. Um, I used to be mean. I'm not anymore. <laughs> I promise I'm nicer now. Uh, me and Megan, we're, we both are dancers and were dancers. Are so and were and are will and were be. And will be forevermore. Uh, so yeah, there's a big dance competition on the West Coast called HHI. She had her crew out there from Florida competing that year. Yeah. Competing that year. I was out there with a company called Movement Lifestyle. I don't know if any of you guys follow dance. There's a company called Movement Lifestyle that I used to work for. So I was there and I was also interviewing um, for a video company. And it was also my birthday weekend that weekend. And we were at a house party. I think that's very key. Knowing it was your birthday weekend. You want, like, on your birthday, you want people to say happy birthday. Oh. Even, like, people are like, I don't like birthdays. Like, if people aren't going to text you, like, you're sad. Yeah. Well, you so, also didn't, you didn't know it was my birthday, I don't think. That's right. We should anyway, all know that I did not know it was your birthday. But we, we didn't even meet yet at this point. Back then, you guys see how long my hair is now. If you can believe it, I used to have shaved sides, like the whole pixie cut thing. And Megan comes up to me at this house party, mind you, bearing the same haircut, and comes up to me and says, hey, I really like your hair. Huge thing for me, trying to make friends with a girl that I didn't know. Yeah, and which, you know... I have to give her credit now because, like, that's a ballsy thing to do. It's scary to, like, meet strangers at a house party. Like, no one does that. You just go, you stick to your friends, you know? So she's being super confident, giving me a compliment. And I just look at her and I go, thanks. It's the same as yours. And whipped the little hair that you had around and walked right out the door. Didn't talk for the rest of the night. And then a couple years later, you needed a roommate, and, and I needed a room. LA. Yeah, she moved to LA a year later, and then I had like a change of heart, I guess. I had a, a come to G's moment of being a nicer girl, and then we got <laughs> along really well, and then she became my roommate, and we lived together for... Six years? Six, five, five years? Six years, I don't know. Yeah. We're married. That's right. We basically are. So, if you have any friendship questions, I think we've been through it all. Um, but yeah. other than that, I'm trying to think of like where I want this to go. We were talking about it in the back and we we're like, should we make it a themed podcast? Like, should we, should we open the floor to like, what are your dating woes? Or like, what do you, what are your self doubts? Or like, what do you want to do after college? Or like, what's life? So, and then I was just like, I don't know. I want to hear what you're thinking about. I don't know. I don't know if like being in college if you have like specific worries about being here now or what happens afterwards or like losing friends along the way or I don't know, self-development, career, like what are you worried about? What's on your mind? I, we would love to hear so that we can just like, I don't know, talk about what was in our lives and hopefully help you by proxy. So if anyone has a question about anything, truly anything uh, off the rails, there's no, no guardrails here. Can I cuss here or no? Go for it. <laughs> you are being yeah. recorded, Megan. <laughs> I don't cuss at all. I go, heck yeah. Uh, okay, so we have a live microphone, and anyone that is willing to ask a question, go for it. Raise your hand who has the microphone so everyone knows where it don't is. Don't be afraid. At any, the pod doesn't work without you. So someone be brave, but in the meantime, we can banter so that uh, you're not nervous. Because being nervous sucks. Did you know? I do love this first row, though. I have to say. Not to, like, call I you guys out. I do love out, this first but row, they got, they got no small talk hats and the Just a Tip I shirt. I love it. That's pretty oh tight. Oh, my God. I feel supported. Dude, I got to get Yay! Um, but, yeah, please ask questions. If not... 
I've got a question. Wait. <laughs> but I'll wait for you guys first. Instantly stop. Did you know when you're nervous, your immune system shuts down? So like if you have to pee before you go like give a presentation, you are fine. You're going to be fine. You're not going to die. Also, if you're really, really nervous, if you chew gum, it starts to fuck with your brain and it like makes you think that your body is eating and your body would never eat if you were in danger. So your body is chill. So chew gum when you're nervous is, I guess, my tip. <laughs> Hi. Hi, my name is Deepika. I met you in the bathroom. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real. Um, I'm really nervous. I'm sorry. Meet your gum. <laughs> Same. Huh? Who's got gum? Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I guess I know that you live like by yourself and I was just wondering like, how do you deal with being alone a lot of the time and yeah. like focusing on yourself and not the people around you and like what they're doing and just like being by yourself, I guess. Yeah. Oh, good question. It was interesting. We lived together for six years. And then I think when you hit, I always say this, when you hit 25, like something changes. I feel like I, I feel like my life is just starting right now. And I'm 28 because the first like 18 to 21, super impressionable after like 21 to 23, you're kind of figuring it out, but like you think, you know, everything. And then 25, you're like, Oh, never mind fully. I got to get my life together. And then I think around like 27 to 30. I haven't gotten there yet, so like you let me know if I'm wrong. But I'm like old. I, I think that's like when your life starts, is that right? I mean, we're life is always going. Yes. It's already started. It started. <laughs> no, I think it's just like your your brain is activated at different parts of your life and then you the more you learn, the more you realize like uh, it was light what, stuff yeah, the whole time. Like, I think the more you learn, the more you realize like what you didn't need to worry about, I guess is what I'm trying to right. say. Right. Yeah. I think like being alone also, I don't know. I've always liked being alone though. Like I was always an introvert. I never really felt part of a community almost ever. And you know what? Like, I think I just started feeling like part of a community that like is the people that listen to my podcast and the people that watch my videos, like anytime I see anybody interact online with other people on my Twitter feed, I'm like, wow, that person is so nice. And like, I'll go on their profile and it's like, follows you. And I'm like, oh, oh, you're, I'm like receiving what I'm putting out. And it wasn't only, it was like very recently when I was starting to feel really like myself. And when I felt like myself, I felt like I could be alone because I liked who I was. But up until then, I don't know if I could say that. I was like always trying to emulate other people that I thought were funnier or smarter. And I dated this one guy that was like, I would always be like, oh, that girl is so pretty. Or like, they're way smarter than I am. And he was like, you are as pretty as you are. It sounds bad in the beginning, but like, it'll be cute in the end. <laughs> like, you're pretty as you are, get over it. He's like, you are as pretty as you are. You are as smart as you are. You are as good as you can be. Whatever the max possibility that you could be, you already are. So why are, why are you comparing yourself to other people? And that's, uh, I wrote in my journal the other day, uh, if you rank yourself against other people, you're always going to be last. And it's like, because we're never gonna think we're above everyone else unless you're a dick. But like, you, like, you know, you're always like putting other people on the pedestal. And it's like, nah, bitch, this is my pedestal. Like, you're pretty cool too. Yeah. I just think that, I don't know. I think self-love and self-development is such a process and being alone is a big part of that process of like sitting alone with yourself and your thoughts. And sometimes I like won't have plans and I'll be fine with it because I, I, there's so many, so much to do within 
you can go out and have fun, get wasted and do whatever, but you could also like go inwards. And I think like that's a, a better direction to find out who you are. I don't know. Do you like being alone? See, I'm the girl that like you'll walk into a restaurant and I'll be eating at a table by myself and be totally fine. Yeah. For my birthday, I took myself to a sushi restaurant and I ate at a two tap by myself and I treated myself for my own birthday. I thought it was great. <laughs> you sat in both chairs. You're like, how is that? <laughs> well, I mean, I won't lie. I was hoping to sit at the, the sushi bar first so it would look less lonely. But then I was like, eh, whatever. Like it, people walk in, they see this. It looks like I got stood up, but I didn't. I was like proudly like, no, this is all for me. Thank you very much. Um, so I've always enjoyed being alone and I'm also middle child. So like I've kind of lived that way my entire life. Um, but one way I can relate to that question is I, I think earlier on in my life, I felt like I needed to be friends with everyone. Huge so, lesson. Yeah. There was a part of my life where I hated being alone because it made me feel like uh, I'm alone because no one likes me. Yeah. Or like, I'll look at my phone. Why didn't no one text me or email me today? Like it, it even that started to feel lonely. Um, but I think the older I got, the more I realized I don't need to have 10,000 friends. I can have five really good ones and I'm chilling, you know, but I think that you learn that with learning how to be on your own as well. Um, instead of like needing to constantly be surrounded by people. But I definitely went through an introverted stage of my life. So it's like a lot of these things kind of fed into like being okay with being alone. Um, but it's hard because like the young, like when you're, you are younger, like especially during college, cause you're kind of trying to figure out what group you want to be involved with or be a part of. Uh, there's, there's a part of you that feels like, uh, terrified to have that, that loneliness. You know what I mean? Cause it, it's also like, what do people think of me if I am by myself and I don't have people around me? Cause it just gives off a certain image. But I think, um, it's just, it's a confidence thing that, that comes as you like experience more and more life. Cause there are some really great parts about that. Cause also when you're surrounding yourself with so many people and just hearing so much like, Oh, you should do this. You should do this. And getting like 10,000 opinions from all the friends that you have, you realize it gets really noisy. And sometimes you, it's nice to just sit in some silence. So it's, it's all balance, right? Yeah, there's a saying that's like, if you're lonely, that means you're in need of yourself. Mm. And I always thought that was interesting because it's, you know what saying I hate is like, if you're bored, you're boring. No. I've never heard that. You haven't? No. Oh, I hate that saying. I don't, if you're bored, you're just bored, dude. I'm not fucking boring. <laughs> Get over it. She's definitely not boring. <laughs> Unless I want to be and then that's an act of choice. Yeah. I think that like... I don't know. I do think it's better to have small groups of friends that you can really, really be with. The thing about like not feeling like you're a part of something, which is why a group like this is so good because you're inherently having people supporting you and not being supported is almost, I mean, it's probably the worst feeling in the world. I, for so long, like I was just making YouTube videos, but I didn't get along with all the YouTube crowd because they're different people. When you watch people's videos, you're like, oh, I bet, I bet I would be best friends with them. And then you meet them and you're like, oh, I want to get so far away. <laughs> and it's like, then I didn't feel like I was supporting the YouTube crowd. And then like when I started to do a little bit more comedy, I wasn't accepted in the comedy community because I'm not like a, just a stand-up. And then I was like, man, I don't really fit in anywhere. And I felt like that my entire life until I was like, well, fitting in isn't belonging. It's different. I would rather, it's not even like stand out. It's just like 
we need belonging as humans. Like we were, when we were homo sapiens, like f finding nuts. People, yeah. It was a community, you know? I was like, hey, like Jenny's gonna go find some hazelnuts. Like I'm gonna bathe. It's like, okay, teamwork, we need this. We need community. Sorry. <laughs> what, did they not have hazelnuts back then? <laughs> Everyone loves Nutella, even just the cavemen. Hazelnuts and bathing, just, I don't know. <laughs> the two facets of who I am. But yeah, I think just, I think belonging is more important than fitting in and with a community that's that's all you need you need a community and then you will never be alone does that answer anything yeah like, maybe or just like how do i live alone save a lot of money uh ramen noodles what else is good in the bed uh, you don't really need bed sheets um like what do you need if you're living alone what was when did you live alone I, for the first time in new york no i never lived alone i in l.a I had the bare minimum. I didn't even have like a bed frame. I just had my mattress on the floor for a very long time. For an, like a whole year. <laughs> Relatable. Yeah. Well, because like in, in the earlier stages of life, like you can plan on having to move maybe once a year. When so we lived like, together, you didn't want furniture because you were like, we're gonna move again. And then yeah. we stayed there for five well, years. But then because you kept finding furniture on the street and bringing it in, <laughs> so we didn't. <laughs> That's right. She's very resourceful. I think I, um, I mean, I, I think at one point, like we lived on the second floor and I think we had friends like, like lifted yeah. in like two flights up and then through a window into the, yeah. it was really like weird. Our, through our sliding balcony doors. Yeah. No, well, I lived by myself from like 20, 22 to 25. And so. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. But like, because I was moving every year, I've, I've moved like once a year since I was 18. So I was like, I don't want to have tons of furniture because it just makes moving that much harder. Yeah. So if I have just the bare essentials. But isn't that lonelier? Like being just you in a bed, like not even wanting to be minimal, but like being minimal? I don't know, but I wasn't really like, I wasn't, during that time of my life, I wasn't home that much. I was out more than I was home. Oh, big now brag. That I'm, now, big brag. Now that I'm home more than I'm out, now it's more important to like have home feel like home. What was the biggest lesson that you learned living on your own for the first time? Uh, don't, make sure you have uh, uh, a spare key <gasps> with someone you oh trust. Oh my God. The amount of times I have locked myself out yeah. and had to pay like $99 to get back in. I was so sad. I lost so much money calling locksmiths. Yeah. You want to talk about saving money? Get a key to someone you trust that can get you into your apartment when you lock yourself out. Big retweet. Yo, that was really hard. <laughs> the locksmith is like speed dial. Dude, it was so bad. I, I wasted so much money on that and parking tickets. Oh my God. Are there parking money. meters here in Pittsburgh? Oof. Yeah. To hell with those. To hell with parking, uh, parking people. Yeah, okay. What's the main lesson I learned? Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> oh, return question. <laughs> What's the main lesson you learned? I, I just started living alone two years ago, and I loved it. I loved it so much. But, like, having a roommate was so fun because it was, like, you always had a built-in best friend where, like, no matter what... <laughs> I was talking about my other roommate. Oh. I'm kidding. I've never lived with anybody else. Yeah, it was really fun to just like come home and be like, I hate the world. And you'd be like, me too. And then we just shove our faces yeah. with pad thai. Yeah. It's, it's nice. But like you could also shove your own face with pad thai. And it is also fine. Maybe that's why I got cats. I was pretty lonely before I got cats. <laughs> Loves cats. Four. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Okay. Can you have cats as a college student? What do you mean? Oh, like in the dorm? Yeah. Oh, like Where are they? home home. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who has the weirdest thing in their dorm in this room? 
What? Hand went up quick. You have a tent on your bed. How does that work? <laughs> oh, that's oh, so that's cute. cute. Can anyone, does anyone have anything weirder than a tent on, in their room? Moss ball? You had to babysit a moss ball? What do you mean babysit it? Oh my, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of that. I don't think I've ever cared that much about anything. <laughs> wow. Okay, good to know. Shall we open up to more questions? Yeah. Anybody else got another cue? We got one in the back. All the way in the back. Let's see how this Sup. transfers. Here it comes. Hi, I'm Vicky. Um, you said earlier that it's all about finding balance um, between me time and your social life. Yeah. How did you find that? Because I am a big introvert. Sometimes I can yeah. go off, like, not talking to anyone for, like, two, three weeks. Same. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I got to talk to people. Yeah. Because everyone thinks I hate them. How do you feel when you talk to people? Wait, can you keep that microphone? How do you feel when you talk to people? I love connecting with people, but sometimes, like, after, like, five hours gone by, I'm like, damn. Five hours? <laughs> yeah, I could talk to people for, like, three, four hours straight. And oh, you're like, better than I am. Jeez. <laughs> oh, the people that you know or strangers. Uh, Better with strangers. Honestly, I think I connect better with strangers than with my actual friends. Whoa. Yeah. Why do you think? Because there's like such a grand scale of things to cover. I think it's because with strangers, it's like, um, I don't need to see, I don't see you every day. Like if I talk to you and like whatever information I give out to you, you do with that information. I don't care. I won't like, <laughs> like. It's bye. yours. Not yeah, mine and then when I see my friends, it's like, oh shit. Like I probably cried to you yesterday night and like now it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Okay, so balance between alone time and social life. Yeah. How do you feel like yours is right now? I, I really like where mine is at right now. Um, I will say that I probably learned it the hard way. Uh, lots of tears. Um, but I think for me, the, the biggest umbrella answer I can give to that is because I've learned to really love people's perspectives and like learning that we are multi-dimensional people. If like, if you are on the scale of like always being alone, like I, I feel like you're not as whole of a human because you're there stuck with your own thoughts. Mm. And then if you're with people all the time, you like start to wonder like, what is it that I believe? What do I stand for? Because I'm constantly being um, bombarded with other people's thoughts and I can't hear myself. So like, I think from having gone from both extremes, I eventually through, you know, the hard learning the hard way found a nice in between of like, I, I need a little bit of both. But I, I really I'm the same way I like talking to strangers, I like hearing people's stories. And I think uh, I think what other people have to say about themselves about other people, like, that's how I start to form what I believe in what uh, what I want to say, what I have to say about life. Like even the things that we're saying right now, the only thing or the only reason I can say what I'm saying up here is because of having talked to so many people and it's formed um, what I think. Um, but again, balanced by also my own me time. Like I've started doing this thing where uh, I try to spend an hour with just myself every day. So I do like a whole journaling, reading discipline uh, and I started it back in February and I think I've only missed like maybe three days since February of like a full hour by myself. Um, yeah. Cause like we already have like our phones on us all the time. Um, like there's so many things to like throw the scales off, I guess you could say. So like just finding different ways to like schedule that in for yourself. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I hope that answers some yeah. kind of the question, but yeah. I think that's so important, having time yeah. for yourself with, whenever you can carve it out. But you mentioned the hard way a couple times. Is the hard way just like, I guess, going from one extreme to being super yeah. extroverted and going like, oh, that doesn't feel good to me. That doesn't serve me. And then going so far the other way that you start to become lonely. I think, well, I think the opposite, actually, like the hard way being like I was it was so easy to be by myself. I could oh. I could go three, four days without seeing anyone. I'm so good at binge watching TV. I'm so good at uh, you've seen everything. I've seen <laughs> that everything. In you, full. Wait, you should like get a side hustle of like reviewing everything because you've I seen wish. it all. I've tried. I would love to. How have you tried? Everything. I just don't know. Like I, 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 You're I, well, I tried this to your I, Facebook no, no, no. feed. I tried by like I think back in the day I started a blog. And then no one read it. So I was like, oh, this is not worth my time. <laughs> you can like uh, go on Craigslist and go like, who's got opinions? And you can go bling, 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 I do, do. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, um, yeah, I just, I, I can go a lot of days in a row without seeing anyone. It's like not that bad. Like, I don't mind it. But then it's like, I think the hard way being like, it, you start to feel like after a certain amount of days, it translated into like me being like, oh, nobody wants to hang out with me. Oh, like... I don't know, you're putting yourself down because it makes you feel like, oh, I'm not fun enough or cool enough for people to hit me up. But like, no, being at home three, four days in a row was a choice mm -hmm. <laughs> that I didn't mean to make, but I did. Um, and then you start to think that you are lonely, but you're really not. You know, you know that feeling when you're like having like a really hard day and like, yes, you get really sad and you're like, oh, I have nobody to talk to, right? But if you step out of that for a second, you're like, no, you have like 10 friends that you could hit up any of them, but like you've convinced yourself that you're lonely, but there's actually, there are people you can reach out to, but you've convinced yourself that you're lonely. Like yeah. I was that person all the time. Even like when we lived together, I felt so lonely sometimes, which is not, not a, like a diss to your friendship. I just convinced myself that I was so alone and like nobody will understand or like I'm just a big burden to other people. So I'm just going to shell, be in a shell all the time. You know, how so, do you get out of that? I mean, that's the hard, that was the hard part. Like, I think realizing that, uh, like I, I was the one making those choices as opposed to like that being the truth. Yeah. You know, I, but yeah, I don't even know. I think I just, I had to remember that like, again, back to the whole communal thing. We are communal people. Like I think truly we were born, designed, developed, whatever you believe about yourself and how we came to be on this earth. We're meant to be with people. Like that's just how our bodies are designed. Like we're born into a family. Like you don't have a choice. Like that's how you, your mom and dad did a thing and here you are. So tell like, me no more about what. this thing that they did. Uh, you know, I never understood the birds and the bees story. What is it? Does anyone I don't know? know. That story was actually never told to me as a kid. So I don't They're, know what people mean yeah. by the birds and the bees. You know what I do like about that? Are bees, are the bees supposed to be men? I don't they're both, oh, so that means, ooh, gross. But like birds and bees to me, like why would, I don't see how birds and bees come together. I don't think it they just, would. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, it seems like nobody has the answer to that question. <laughs> Do you guys know the story? Has anybody been told the birds and the bees stories? No, nah, we're all Asian. None of our parents told us that story. <laughs> oh my God. They're like, marry this textbook. Okay, mom. 
Um, um, yeah, the, so yeah, I think balance uh, is so important in all aspects of your life. Like, yeah. I, I my early twenties were so career oriented that I feel like my relationships were failing, and so I was like, oh, I need to like clock out of my work life and clock into my personal life. I remember this, and I think that like finding the balance between that has also been able to show me the balance between being an introvert and just being a little bit more extroverted. So like now I wrote in my journal, I have like a weekly page of like, here's what I want to try this week. And uh, this week was, what was it? The stranger thing? Oh, talk to one stranger per day and ask them an open-ended question. It's been going well and it's a lot of work, but it's helped a lot and it makes their day so, so nice. Our Uber driver yesterday, like we got to like his entire family and what he, what he thinks about his daughter's husbands and what he learned as a father, like all these questions that, you know, people in the service industry probably never get asked. And so it's just nice to be able to go like, oh, I can be the catalyst or the impetus to a great conversation for him to go home happy and fulfilled to his wife and kids and this husband that he doesn't really like and still like be nice about it like it's I think it's really nice and not to brag about her conversation skills but do it it. so cute (laughs) the uber driver was like uh he's like usually I like to like tell people this landmark and this landmark on the drive but I was just having such a nice conversation with you I just completely like wasn't paying attention to anything oh and my little heart grew three times like the Grinch like I think that's what like we forget is like how much we do like whether you can sense it or not like how much we do crave uh connection connection. and so like yes as as important as me time and alone time is and i like i highly recommend it for everyone like i think that's why like it's necessary to find that balance however you can find it is like we as humans crave connection and like if not for yourself or someone else like and isn't it great that you could provide that for someone else if not you know, again, just for yourself. I think, yeah, I think the balance of that also, like connect with other people, but like truly connect with yourself. Like, oh my God, just friggin' open up a piece of paper and write down how you feel. Anytime that I'm going through something and I'm like, I I don't know who to talk to. I don't know how how I'm going to get through this. Like in the moment you think it's the end of the world, but really it's just like a rock. Just like Free write. Put 30 minutes on the clock and write all of your feelings, just how they're coming out. Don't edit yourself. Just write fully. And towards the end, you'll either resolve it or you'll feel a little bit more clear about it. And it's just like, oh, cool. I just gave myself a gift. And that was like you connecting with yourself. How cute. You're never alone if you have a pen and paper. Dude, I always think you're never alone because, like, you know with dating apps, you can legit talk to anyone at any time because everyone is swiping all the time. You're Sorry, never I alone. Got really sad when you started talking about dating. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like we're like, oh, we're alone. Like, no, you're not. Clearly, someone has more success than I do on dating. Apps. You're on the wrong ones. I've tried every single one of them. You're we're going on a tangent. Um, how are you guys feeling out there? <laughs> someone doesn't want to talk about their dating life. Oh, uh, we'll get into that. I want to hear more from you guys. Yeah, who's got another cue up at the front Ooh, in the center? Got them hands shooting up. How you guys feeling? Yeah, how's this going for you? <laughs> Are you guys still with us? Hello, I'm Teresa. Sup? Hi, Teresa. You. All right, you're probably gonna hate this question, but um, <gasps> dating. Yeah, bring it on. So, um, but specifically, like, how did you deal with dating and also friend dating when you moved to a new city? 
friend dating. So like making new friends. Oh, <laughs> I was like, What's like that? incestuous with your friend group. Yeah. Uh, don't tell anyone. Friend dating. You know, Bumble has a friend yeah. option. Bumble BFF. My sister's used it before. She has. I've never tried it. I have not either. Do you mean friend dating? Like how to meet new friends when you're in a new city? Yeah, basically. Like, okay. especially if you don't know anyone in that city. Or like, you know, a few amount of people. Yeah. Can you repeat the first half of the question? Oh, the first half is just, how do you deal with dating when you move to a new city? Actual dating. Yeah, oh, actual can't dating. answer that. Take it away. Oh my God, I haven't. You guys, I'm so single. Dude, same. <laughs> Hard same. Uh, when you're in a new city, I mean, mm, I don't know. Sometimes Amanda and I will be like, okay, let's put on an outfit and we'll go to the bar and we'll just like, it's so funny because I had someone tell me in my past, like the way that she found her husband was going to a bar alone and telling herself in her mind that she is the prettiest and most, uh, what did she say? The most interesting woman at the bar. And so Amanda and I were like, let's go to a bar and tell ourselves that. And like, can we both be the most important one? I'm like, yes. Yeah. So we went to the bar. Did you think about it when we were at that bar? Yeah. I don't know. There was like ravioli on the table, so I wasn't really thinking about anything else. Just distracted. <laughs> but we didn't end up meeting anyone, so maybe it doesn't work. But I think putting yourself in a situation to meet people, yeah. I mean, that's a thing that I don't do quite enough. And I know I need to go do it. So if I was in a new town wanting to date someone... I would go to a bar that I would go to. Like, because you want to meet someone that's like-minded with you. You don't want to like yeah. go to like a bougie ass place. And like, if you're super chill, that's not going to work out. I mean, I'm more of a daytime person. So what I've learned. Oh, coffee much, shops. Yeah. I was just going to say like, as much as I joke about like a uh, hard single, um, I, I will say that I go to coffee shops a lot and like I, something changed where like, I think the, first half of my life, I was just so scared to talk to anyone. So it's like, uh, if someone looks like they don't want to talk to anyone, what? That was like not English. Um, if you look like you don't want to talk to anyone, no one's going to talk to you. you yeah. Know? Like you're very closed off and like people can feel that energy. Right. And I think like, I don't know what changed if it was just like, oh, I'm ready, whatever. I'll be at coffee shops now and like, I'll be doing the same thing, but I guess maybe like my, my the posture is different or whatever. Like I smile at people more. Maybe I'm just happier in life, but like people like will strike up random conversation, but I think you just have to be open and willing. Um, so if you feel safer during the day, like again, at a coffee shop first, like going to a bar at night, like I think it's just being someone that is excited to talk to strangers, you know, like don't be afraid to strike up conversation with new people. But I mean, obviously like making friends, like you can make friends that way. And then the dating can also happen through mutual friends of the people that you're meeting. But that would be yeah, ideal. I mean, either way, I think it's just like, it's that whole feeling of like not being afraid to talk to strangers, right? Cause it kind of starts with that. Like I remember like even when me and Megan first used to hang out, we were so like, we, we honestly were so scared to talk to anyone else. And so we would be, it looks like we were being very exclusive, but I think we just really, like maybe leaned on each other way too much. Mm -hmm. So we would be at these parties, but we would yeah. be like inseparable. So like no one's going to talk to yeah, us. And we were making out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just like, no one's going to talk to you if you're like, yeah. if you're closing yourself off and making it look like you're not an inviting person. Right. So like, I think now we're just better at like, even if we go somewhere together, like you do your thing, I'll do my thing. Um, and then just, 
see what kind of strikes up in conversation. And it could be a hit or miss. You, again, you don't have to be friends with everyone. So I think also take that pressure off of you, feeling like, oh, I have to click with all these people. Like I've always been a firm believer of like, you click with who you click with. Yeah. And then it just takes off from there. So. Okay, so I'm gonna take it one step further for practicality reasons. Three things you can do in any public place to connect with anyone, whether it be a potential date or a friend. Because I like the practical, I want practical. Are you gonna do the eye color thing? Oh yeah, I wanna talk about that. I read this thing the other day, but I'll I'll get to that. So three things, I say, we both say smile. That's the easiest thing you can do. Legit smile, look, oh my God, I feel so accepted. Like, yeah, and if you know you have a resting bitch face, like. Put that in your mind and go, okay, smile extra hard. Smile, um, body posture, huge body language. If you want to talk to someone, don't be crossed arms. Don't be like, I guess you can slouch if you want. That doesn't really matter. But um, be open. Like legit, if, if you came up to me and I was like this, would you talk to me? I'd probably be like, nice haircut. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback, dude. But like, what if I was like this? Yeah. Oh my God, I want to get to know who you are. (laughs) I look like Chucky. Also, are are you kind of loony? I don't know. Yeah, total. Uh, Total? (laughs) Okay, so we say smile, uh, open body posture, and what's what's one more? No, I want to say the eye contact one after. Oh. um, That is a good one, though. Um, I don't know. I think that's like already two big ones that make someone feel inviting. And also, like, you can make the first move. Yeah. Don't be afraid to make the first move. Anytime that I'm in a professional setting and someone that I look up to, or even even anyone, it doesn't matter, but it happens a lot when I'm like backstage. And like, I remember one time, this comedian that I absolutely adore, I was like, oh, I should like hide because of course they don't like ever want to talk to me. And we were on like a big circle and he went around shaking every single person's hand and in introducing himself. And like, that is so nice. Like introduce yourself. I don't not care if you're Beyonce. Tell me you're Beyonce. I know, but it would be nice to hear you say your name, Beyonce. Like, I just think it's so sweet when you say your own name, no matter how famous you are, no matter like who you think you are, no matter if you know that everybody already knows you, like say your name. It's so respectful. It's so, it's just so much nicer. Also, when you're introducing yourself, this is something I'm very stoked at. I learned this yesterday and we've been trying it lately. Um, Does anyone know those people in your life where you, when you talk to them, you feel like you're the only person in the room. Like their eye contact and their like focus is at you and you're like, oh my God, I matter? Imagine like making someone feel like they matter. That's cool. And the way that you can do that when you meet people is when you shake their hands, make a conscious effort to note what their eye color is. So if I'm introducing myself to Amanda, I go, hi, I'm Megan. Hi, I'm Amanda. This extra two seconds of going, she's got like dark brown eyes. You feel yeah. instantly connected. So that is a huge, or huge terrified. tip. Why are you looking so yeah, deadly? Totally. <laughs> like you feel seen and you feel yeah. worth it. You feel, you feel good. Yeah. And that's such an easy thing to do. Yeah. And it's like kind of a power move. It is. Like, I can't tell you how many times I felt like someone's uh, introduced themselves to me, but then like they could care less, like just brushed you off. But like, no, I'm going to make you say hi to me and then go from there. Like, and then also to add on to that one more thing from what you were saying about, uh, like just really being intentional with introducing your name. Like lately, the thing that I've been doing is like going straight for the deep. 
So what does that mean? Straight, straight into the deep end. This is what I mean. I don't, yeah, it's nice to know, oh, where are you from? Like, what do you oh, do? Oh, yeah, no one like, cares. That's all cool. Um, like, one of the things I've been asking lately is, like, what's your, like, biggest dream in life? I was <gasps> curious. Oh, like, man. And that it's kind of, it's a bit. That too deep. It's, it might be too deep for some, and it throws people off sometimes. <laughs> but it's, like, I mean, read the room. You know, like, <laughs> if it's not, like, the right time, right place to, like, do that, maybe not. Um, but, like, I, I like to ask deeper questions. Like, I'm a curious person. I want to know like the real things about you, not the surface things. And then it's, it, it just speeds things up, like in terms of finding like things to connect with, if that makes sense. And also like nobody really does that. So that's mm -hmm. also like, huh, why is this girl asking me such interesting questions? <laughs> Hopefully they're interesting. I don't know. Right. Um, I mean, it, I think people love to talk about themselves too. So yeah. if you can ask something where they feel like they can yeah. show off their personality. Yeah. I or think challenge them to think like, yeah. you know, we all have those back pocket answers of, yeah, like hometown, this is my, my major, this is what I'm studying in school, but like all the whys, I wanna know the whys. Yeah, we don't know, you know? wanna know the whats, we wanna know the whys. Yeah. What's a question that someone has asked you that you were like, wow, that's a really good question and I, I wish, and I'm gonna take it to ask other people's. Like I think someone asked me, uh, like, or I ask this question to people now, I'm like, what's something that you learned this week about yourself? Which is a really uh, fun question. Yeah, that is fun, I like that. I so know, with that, steal that. <laughs> what's one thing that you learned about yourself this week? What's one thing I learned about myself this week is, oh, new things. I learned that, uh, not, not learned, I remembered that I really don't like Starbucks. Oh I'm yeah, so we, we all really, knew that. No, but like, I, I thought like it was just, <laughs> no, no, no. I thought it was just like a, uh, me being a coffee snob. No, I think my taste buds changed because I tried drinking Starbucks today. I was like, it, made, it didn't feel good. I don't Should think I, I really Starbuck? don't think I like Starbucks. That's, that's such a surface thing. It's a weird thing. Um, <laughs> and I also learned, oh, I know one, one thing I learned about myself this week is uh, I still hang on to things way too much. Like I don't oh know, God, I, I really don't know how to let go of things. That's Dude, something I'm struggling with. I wrote that in my journal too. It was like, <laughs> this is dumb. It was like, I don't know baseball at all. I hardly know any sports, but I was like, it was like a slant poem. It was very bad, but I was like, I never really understood baseball until I realized it was, it had the same rules as love. You have to let go in order to catch something. <laughs> Thanks for the snaps. Wow. You know, because like... This is poetry hour? Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> it just, it's so true. Like, I hold on to so much. Holding on too long is going to hold you back just oh, as long. Oh, another one. Holding on too long is going to hold you back. Wow. Just as long. Yeah. It really does. I, and I've been living that way forever. Like, I'd be in a relationship for two years, and then I would be heartbroken for four. Like, that's not okay. Mm. They, they already took two years of my life. Why am I giving them two extra years for free? Mm. That's not cool. And I'm in control of that. I'm just volunteering yeah. my time and my emotions to someone that isn't there anymore. Mm. What's that about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and another thing too that I learned is uh, distraction is a choice. That's that's something that distraction is a choice. Yeah, Tell I me more. that somewhere. Distraction is a choice. I think like because I hold on to things so much, uh, I'm like I always am like, oh, how can I distract myself? How can I distract myself? But like 
can't I instead choose to focus on something, focus on, uh, intentionally on something else as opposed to being like, how can I just distract myself? Like those are all, like when you waste your, waste your time, that's a choice. Like those are all choices. So like, can I be smarter and wiser with my time? When you talk, when you say that, are you talking about work or in, in terms of relationships? Like if you were heartbroken, would you go, let me distract myself so I'm not in pain? I would say, what can I, I, I think I just would want to reword it. Like, what can I focus on to channel whatever I'm feeling into yeah. something as opposed to like distract, like distracting myself to not feel anything, to numb myself. That I think is the hugest lesson that I've learned in this past, I think probably two years is especially with pain. We don't want to feel pain, but we have to. Yeah. Have you ever seen Inside Out? A brilliant film. It's necessary. And I, my journal is just so heavy with things. But I was also saying, like, pain is, like, it, ha it carries its weight in gold. So imagine, like, a gold bar in your heart and just like, it's sinking down and down and down. But as that gold is sinking down, it's creating more space for, for love and joy to fill up what it's created. So without pain, you only have a little shallow, I guess, range of, of feeling joy and emotion emotion, joy and, and happiness, like positive emotions. Mm -hmm. But if you are able to let that weight sink in, you're creating more space to be fulfilled. Yeah. So don't, don't resist pain. Yeah. Struggle builds character. That's right, baby. I used to hate when people said that to me, but I mean, it's kind of true. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, and thanks for asking such good questions. <laughs> what cool. questions? We're getting deep, more. and I yeah. love it. There's one back there. Uh, hey. What's hey. up? Um, so I have a very, I'm, I'm desperately in need of tips for this. Okay. Uh, so as a member of the 98th percentile of height, and also as someone who's watched about three episodes, or three seasons of Dancing with the Stars with my mom in high school, uh -huh. I've noticed that a lot of professional dancers seem to be on the shorter side. <gasps> I have no, like, or the dancers you see, you know, on film, uh -huh, on the uh -huh. screen. 
And um, that kind of makes sense because tall people kind of look goofy when they dance. <laughs> so what I was wondering was, what are some like choreography tips or like moves that you can do <sighs> to avoid looking, you know, like one of those car dealer blow up things when you dance? <laughs> Got lots of answers. It's not like a question, not not a that's question of so confidence, funny. but like technique. That's Tec- that's how. Yeah. I, okay, I yeah. That. Well, yeah. confidence would be number one on the dance floor. So you're talking like legit choreography, or like being at a party and being like, "That guy's cool." Cool stuff, not like professional. Okay, so cool stuff. Ooh, I almost want to be like, "Can we assess you now?" Like <laughs> freestyle. Freest- Can we see like your best move? Do you have a go-to move? Go-to move. Two-step. Uh, oh, that's great. Fine. Should Solid. you keep it to the floor? Where else would it go? What? Would you be levitating? <laughs> keep it to the floor? Well, I've noticed there's What's two... the alternative? Well, when, you're, when people are dancing, like normally there's people who, keep, who are brave enough to put their hands up here and then people who keep it down here. Oh, oh like keeping it. your hands and your posture down. Yeah. Oh, ooh. I think your hands can go anywhere, but I think that... Y- I think the more grounded you are in dancing and in humanity, it's going to be better for you. So a two-step, you can build anything off of a two-step. And as long as you're on beat, you won't look dumb. Even if you're not on beat and you believe you're on beat, you're going to look cooler. I I mean, I actually have quite a few friends that are very tall guys that are all dancers. Um, They single? (laughs) Not all on your team. Okay, so and that's fine. Yeah, um, but what's it called? They, they're. I think what I've learned from them is that they just know their bodies very well. Mm. So it's not so much like a specific technique; it's just knowing where your weight is in your body. Like, sorry if you're not a dancer, because then this is getting like. Kind Everyone of has been to a wedding and felt dumb. Maybe I love <laughs> I love dumb dancing. That's my specialty. Dude, actually. the electric slide, dude. So I good. crush. Um, but yeah, I think like the more you just get to know your body, because it's all kind of like a confidence thing. Like one of my friends, he's from New Zealand. He dances for like Chris Brown. Um, he dances for, oh, I guess Chris Brown is also kind of tall. Chris Brown's a tall guy. If you yeah. look at Chris, he's tall? Yeah, yeah, he's a tall guy. If you look at him, like it's all kind of like one posture, but that posture comes from knowing your body. So I think just like the more you do it and the more you f- like feel out your entire limbs from head to toe like it it won't look as crazy as you think i think like i think being tall as a dancer and being like lanky is just kind of like a a mindset like like a stereotype but it's not actually true you know so it's changed the mindset and you i don't think you'll feel or look as lanky as you think if that helps at all now one step further practical practical dance steps that you can practice at home yeah so i think dancing in front of a mirror is key. How often do you dance in front of a mirror? I, I don't dance in front of mirrors, but I dance in very random places. Like what? I don't know, like down the street sometimes. <laughs> you're in your Actually, own musical? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, have you guys not done that? Like when you're listening to a song, it's so good. And you're like, oh, if there was ever a movie made about my life, <laughs> this would be the song that's playing right now. Do you ever put your headphones in and you're walking someone and you're like, this is the soundtrack of what's going on right now. Oh, and you like a- put your, you're like, oh, I'm the star. Yeah. And all of these people are extras. You know? And you're just walking down and it's like moon river. And you're there's like, actually, yes. there's a TV show being made kind of like really? with that concept in <gasps> mind on it's gonna be on NBC see I watch a lot of TV I also know a lot about TV Whoa. Uh, I forget what's gonna be called but it's it's a new show that's Moon River on NBC not Moon River but 
I think dancing in front of a mirror is highly necessary. Um, what else is really good? Also, this might be weird, but I think like putting your weight backwards looks really cool. <laughs> like whenever I'm grooving, I'm like back. Like I'm like back. Like prove it. I'm back Show us freestyle. <laughs> I'm just the matrix. Just emulate the matrix and you'll look really cool. What else? I don't know. One goat. I think a two-step is super, super cool. I mean, okay, I, this might be an unpopular decision. I just, I don't agree with, like, all those, like, YouTube social viral dances. Don't do those. Because then I think, then you kind of do look like you're, like... Unless you, unless you look cool like, unless you want to do it because like you're having fun and like you're but if you want to do it to like impress I, I would never do it to impress someone if you're with like a group of friends then yeah it's fun and like fun to do because you can all do it but in terms of like trying to impress the people you're around I, I wouldn't necessarily pull those out but I think a two-step is always good like baseline if you have rhythm you're already a winner in my book yeah. Right, you know, I think if you're trying, you're a winner because so many people won't even try to yeah. dance because they feel dumb. I only date comedians and they're the worst dancers. But if a comedian comes out or anyone I'm dating comes out on the dance floor with me and is just having fun, mm -hmm. I'm having fun because I don't dance for real. When yeah. we go out, I'm not yeah. like breaking no. it down. Yeah. We're like, we're being idiots. Yeah. And I think that's what it's about. Truly. I mean, that's, that is the other thing. Cause like I've been to parties where it's like, why is there a cypher happening? Yeah. Like, why there should there not be a freestyle yeah. circle. I was like, why is one person in the middle and everyone's just watching? Like, why can't we all just dance together? And then like, if you realize like, oh, it's not about people watching me and like, like, I'd rather get people together and like dance together as opposed to like, I'm going to put on a show. Like, no, that's like essentially yeah. dancing first started because it was a social thing. So like get people together. Don't like, don't try to put on a show. And then that takes the pressure off. So like, you know, you, you start not thinking too hard about like, what do I look like right now? Yeah. We already think about that all the time anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> Did that help? Yeah. I don't know. So don't dab in the club. <laughs> Unless you're with a bunch of friends and you guys like it, you know, only if you're levitating <laughs> <laughs> or dab in real life. I dab in real life. Do you? Not at the club, but that's also- I only dab when I sneeze. If I was at a club, it would be iron ironic. <laughs> like I haven't been to a club in so long and liked it. That's true. I don't think- But if I, play, if I made the playlist, I would go. But I guess it would have to be a DJ. Maybe I'll do that. Be a DJ? Yeah, so that I could like enjoy a club. And you can make your own music. <laughs> Just yeah. go up to a DJ. I don't request one song. I request your entire playlist. Get off playlist. these tables, baby. All you're doing is pressing spacebar anyways. Oh, digs at DJs. Will that line come back to haunt me? I don't know. <laughs> um, more questions, guys? How, Any what we got? Because I saw a lot of hands earlier, so. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm Caitlin. Hi, Hi Caitlin. Hi. This is really awesome. Um, I'm glad you're here. Same. Uh, <laughs> I like your jacket. Oh, thank you. I feel very warm right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like a snowball. <laughs> um, so one, I have a question for you, Megan. Uh, so you were saying in the beginning of um, this that you grew a community through your podcast. Um, so I want to know more about your podcast. What have you learned from interviewing the people? Um, what has been the most rewarding part of it? Um, things that have not been rewarding through the podcast? Um, yeah. Wow. That's a great question. You, I think, on, and not to make it like so much about me, but I think that maybe I needed it to be about me because 
in the beginning, I didn't think I was good enough to do it alone. So I had someone in the room just in case I couldn't pull my own weight. And we, when we separated, it, I didn't think I could do it alone, but I had to step up. And I think the whole, if, if it weren't for that, I probably still wouldn't believe in myself. But since I do have to do it alone, like baptism by fire, if I didn't do it, then I didn't know I could do it. So I think what I learned the most is if you put in enough hours, you will get better at something and you can do it alone, even if you don't think you can. So I think that's probably what I learned the most about doing it. Otherwise, I also like really just hate small talk so much. So I've learned some of my guests, everyone is incredible, but when they don't want to go deep, it's kind of like, oh, we don't really have any business here because there's so much frivolous banter. There's so many podcasts that are just talking about murder. Like, it's all cool, but like, I want to listen. I make the podcast that I want to listen to. So like, I want you to talk about your hardships. I want to hear like how you got through this like big breakup. How did you get to where you are? Practical reasons. Anyone can say, believe in yourself. You can do it. But how do you do that? I want to know those like, I want protocol. I want little uh, step lists. I want, I'm so type A and it, it's the same. Like, I want to know exactly how to do something, how someone got somewhere. And so I think the thing I learned about the guests is, they bring the energy that you do as well. So if I'm very open, then they're going to be more open. That goes the same with being on a podcast or being on a date or being in a friend group. It's also like... You said people show up how you show up. Is that what you said? Yeah, they do. They do so much. And I also think that... uh, I just think we all just want connection so badly, but we're all afraid to say it. And I'm not. And so I really want people to connect. And so when people come into the studio, it's like, hey, this may go crazy, but like if you're on board, I am. And if they don't want to go, then obviously you have to support other people's decisions. So it's also like learning the balance of that. If someone's not ready to be open, like you can't crack someone open, but you can show them that it's okay to be open and like invite them to do the same. Because I also kind of found myself through the pod. I know on YouTube, like I... I started and I was like wearing full faces of makeup. I was yelling at the camera because I, I thought I wasn't funny enough. I thought I wasn't good enough. I would pre-write all of my videos because I didn't trust myself to be who I was and trust that people would like that. And with podcasts, there's no editing. It's just you unabridged kind of stream of consciousness going wherever you want to. And so I had to kind of trust that without a script, I can do it. And I think I, that's, I, think I did learn that too. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like listening to your podcast too, you never know because you don't write it. You don't know where it's going to end. So like, and I don't know where it's going either. Like, and being such a results oriented person, like from like, I, I'm so, I need to know the outcome, but like, I guess with what you do with the podcast, like you don't know what the outcome's going to be because it's not written and it's all energy and it's all listening. So like with Amanda, we were talking about this on the plane here because when what she does, because acting you have everyone thinks in acting like you have to be the best on camera and like you have to deliver the lines how you think the director wants you to deliver the lines really you just have to pretend like not even pretend you have to be in what's happening and the only way to do that is active listening and like you know when you're watching a movie someone's talking and they'll cut away to the other person actively listening and you're reading their emotion you're going oh wow how are they taking this I think that's really important in acting and in podcasting and in conversing in real life is like listen a lot of people especially in podcasts are trying to think of the next joke they're trying to think of what they're going to say after this and then you can start to 
tell when people's attention is like going away mm -hmm. because they're nervous about what they're going to say next. Yeah. It's not about that. I think it's about listening and connecting. Yeah. Because we did have a theme tonight. It's been connection so far. <laughs> That's a theme of life, baby. Baby. Thank there are you. more hands. Thank too. you. Yeah. Samuel. Hello. Hello. My name's Carmela. Sorry, I'm really nervous. <laughs> so Aren't I, we all? I have like two parts to this question. First part was um, if you had strict parents, how did you like grow? How did you do growing up with like yeah. strict Asian Filipino parents? And then I guess the second part is how did you get to that point where they could trust you enough to just live your life? That is an amazing the question. Thing is getting crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we both grew up with really strict parents. Uh, they're still strict. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. In yeah. what ways? I mean, like my my mom will still check up on me to like like if I'm like staying out too late. I'm like, how do you Wait, even know? What? My mom has Instagram. She sees my stories. <gasps> like. and you didn't mute your mom from your story? Oh, she barely posts. So I was like, is there a need? But but yes. Wait, so you'll be out having a grand old time being just a full adult? To, no, I think she just always wants to know where I am. I mean, oh, that's yeah, sweet. It's, it's nice. It is nice. But I, I think it's also partly bored out, born out of boredom. It's part like wanting to be strict, but also she's just like has nothing else to do but to watch my life. <laughs> so she's like kind of always on me. But I, I understand the whole like strict like Asian parents thing. Like it took me 28 years, I think, to finally be able to do what I want to do because I was always scared of my parents not supporting me. And I have actually had quite a few arguments with my parents because of the lack of support. Um, even like I went to NYU and even going to NYU, the only reason my parents uh, helped with that was because when I told them what I was going to NYU for, I said music business, they only heard business. Mm. So for like a good two years, they didn't realize that I was studying music. Oh, wow. <laughs> like it's always been like, it's been a weird, weird thing with my, my family because like I did grow up very studious. I, I was a very good student, especially with like me and my sisters. Like my, not to like diss my, my sisters, like they're great, but they, they were pretty average on like, you know, having... I guess tiger parents who like expect straight A's like they were B A B C students where I was I was strictly a student so like it was also I think this is where I get like the result oriented um, attitude or posture in me is because like because I was always getting such good grades I got rewarded quite a lot um, with my family so um, going to NYU like they just really thought that I would be spending my time and money on something more important and mm -hmm. they never understood that in order for me to be happy I needed like this is what was important to me and having that conversation was literally a 10-year process I think like from 18 to 28 like constant back and forth, them not understanding, them giving me um, deadlines of when I can make it. Granted, I'm not doing music now anymore, but like my parents still ask me to go back to school. Like they don't understand me trying to pursue acting as hard as it is. Me pursuing acting has brought me so much more pain, but so much more joy because it's what I actually want to do versus like, like struggling through a, a full-time job because I worked at a, a company called ASCAP. It's a music royalties company. I worked uh, a desk job, cubicle job, um, nine to five, Monday through Friday, doing the same reports every day. And I was 
the most miserable I think I've ever been during that time. And so even though like shit's hard now, like that was way worse than anything I've ever wanted to experience because at least I'm, I know I'm working towards something I actually want to do, but like having like my parents give me like a deadline on when I can make this happen has been still something I'm kind of struggling with. Cause they'll be like, you have five years to make this happen. I'm like, there's no, there's no rule book for like how to make it as an actor or like, especially anything in the arts. Like, right. You can't put a deadline on like success. Like that's such a strange thing and ex strange expectation for a parent to put on a child. So like it's, it's been like just, a very, very difficult process trying to have that conversation with my parents because like every time I think I like made some progress with them, they'll come back to me with like the, when are you getting married? When are you like, like, why can't you go back to school? Why can't you like do this with a degree? Like it, it's, it's very difficult. So I can empathize with that a lot. And yeah, I don't know if like, there's like a hard answer to this question because it's going to be different for everybody's parents. Right. But I don't know. I think I've like slowly been chipping away the more I am able to express to my parents how happy it makes me. And then I think slowly they've started to come around because at the end of the day, I think as much like what our parents want most for us is happiness. Right. But especially like our our parents, like their generation, happiness to them is stability. Yes. Right? They worked so hard to have these lives of ours be um, without trouble, without like struggle here in America. That's the whole reason why they moved here. Right. I mean, assuming a lot of our parents are probably immigrants. Right. So I think the more they understand, like, no, this is actually what makes me happy. I think that's what's starting to make them come around to be like, oh, right. It, maybe it's not all about money. You know, it, it's a process, it's a lengthy process, but that's, I think, what's starting to work with mine, at least. Um, because I also, like, when I was growing up, I wasn't the kid that, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have this, but I used to always dream about this because I watched Full House a lot. You know, like, the classic American, like, sitcom where, like, the parent comes into the bedroom at the end of the yeah. night, and it's like, how was your day? I never had that conversation with my parents. They didn't know anything about me. And, and there was a language barrier. So I think for so much of my life, they didn't really know what made me happy. So I think the more we can maybe initiate that conversation uh, could help potentially a lot, but I don't know, how, how is your? I think it's the exact same. I mean, we were praised for getting straight A's. I think the first time I got a B, I hyperventilated, but I think that it's hard. It's super hard because as a parent, I want my kids to get really good grades, but yeah. I also don't want to put grades first because it's anyone can cheat on a test and get straight A's. But like, what are you learning? Yeah. What are you interested in? And I think that what my parents don't understand is, well, now they do because I... <laughs> They have no choice but they, to understand. They truly have no choice. I, I wasn't really supported for a while. Like, I... I, I didn't even know I did this, but my dad's like, I have the letter that you wrote when you left the house to go on your first audition. Like, I like, I drove away from the city six hours. You wrote a letter? And I think I wrote like a goodbye letter. Is it like a runaway letter? Yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna do this life anymore. Peace. Wow. <laughs> That's how short it was? No, I just think that like, like you said, I think the one thing that I don't know if I agree fully with you on is that it's gonna sound really bad, but bear with me. I don't know if our parents want happiness from us. I think they want us to be supported and stable, like you said. Because I think happiness, like, 
comes later because I just think that they want to make sure that we're going to be okay on our own because 18 years of trying to make sure that we're all right not like like you know like not cutting our leg off or you know not getting stolen in a car like these are like really big something that you like a baby in your life for nine months and then you like it's a little seed and then it's like a baby and then they're like calling me names at 13 and then 18 years old like they they're so scared I think parents are are operating out of fear and they're operating from what they knew when they were children and a lot of our parents have not done the self-work that is so rampant and ubiquitous right now and welcomed like if I Anytime I talk about therapy with my parents, it's just like nails on a chalkboard. It's it, it's not destigmatized within my family yet. Yeah. And I think it's it's so disheartening, but I think if my parents were a little bit more open-minded, then we can actually connect. We're not yeah. speaking the same language right now. And I think the way that I have decided to go with my life and show up in my family is also inviting them to do the same because I reparenting myself and going like, oh, what does support me? It's not being perfect. And that's what I thought the whole time because why? I was raised to be perfect. I was raised to only get straight A's. I was raised to never curse. I was raised to never speak out of turn. I was raised to be super respectful. All of those things still build character with me though. I still am very respectful. I'm still like, I I would never say my parents did a bad job because they didn't. They did the best with what they had. I just think that I wasn't supported until I started supporting myself. And so I think that with, with having Asian parents kind of not understanding that things are different now yeah. than when they were when they grew up. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, well, so I say happiness because my, my mom has straight up said, like, those were her words. I just want you to be happy. Wow. But that being said, I think her version of what happiness is, is not what, like, maybe we right. know it Our to be. Right, our happy is, is much different. Yeah, than- yeah. So, like, that's why I think, like, her version of it is, like, oh, it's safety. It's stability. It's, like, you're not, never having to, like, worry about anything. And you know so, what? It is that. too but that's the base level I think what our parents are saying like I want you to be happy and stable stable and being able to support ourselves I think that's baseline existing yeah once you get there like then you can start building all this other stuff so they're they're doing exactly what they should be doing yeah but it does feel unsupportive sometimes but just to know that they are doing their best And like having compassion, like, have you ever had compassion for your parents? Yeah. I, well, mine, yeah. I mean, it's, mine is kind of came later on in life. Mine came this year. Uh. Cause it was like, you don't understand me. Yeah. Why can't we talk as adults? Why are you, why are you calling me? But only asking about like how my car is or where I'm traveling to next or is my house okay? Like, why is it so baseline? Why don't you ask me like how I'm feeling? You know that meme that's like, there's a meme that I just saw today. That's uh, it says like, um, they always ask who's Mike Jones. They never ask how is Mike Jones. <laughs> Didn't see that. <laughs> it's like, yes, my parents. Like, ask that. Yeah. Don't ask all these baseline questions about what I don't care about. Yeah. My house is fine. My bank account is okay. Like, what's up? This is what I'm excited about. Yeah, I think it's like, also in terms of fear, like getting over the fear of talking to your parents like they are Ugh. human beings, you yeah. know? And I, so give them the opportunity to be able to also kind of, connect with you in a way. Um, because I think for me, like I was just always so scared to talk to my parents. I still haven't told them I'm going to therapy or went to therapy. Like that's the words therapy I think would freak them out 
to the ends of the world, but I'm also not giving them the chance to hear it. I'm assuming that it's going to freak them out. So I'm like, yeah, haven't had that conversation with them yet, but like, yeah, like having empathy for our parents. Like for me, I, this sounds so stupid, but I read a book called Pachinko. If anybody's read it, it's a fantastic book. Um, it's about like the, like this epic saga of like an immigrant story. And I don't know. I just thought about like how much our parents have, like the more you can understand about like how much our parents have done for us. Yeah. Like the fact that all of you guys are here at this amazing school, like oh someone God. did something so for you guys much to be sacrifice. here. As much as it is you guys having gotten into this school, like someone helped you get here, right? Like, yeah, like there's a lot of us that are independent and have like done things on our own, but like, it's not just like whatever you might've done on your own financially to save up being here. It's like the 18 years prior of your life that, you know, have been supported by one or both of your parents to get here. And so I think like it did take me a while to like, I had to remind myself like the fact that I even got to go to NYU was that wasn't all me. It was my parents, you know? So having that kind of empathy so that you can have like a even conversation. So as much as like they frustrate, frustrate me with like not supporting certain decisions in my life, it's, it's much better now. And again, not fully resolved, but it's, it is getting better. Yeah. I think also transitionally transitioning from the role of child to adult is hard for a lot of parents too. And like you're around the age where this is going to start happening because I was scared to cuss in front of my parents for, I mean, I still am, I still but like it. I'll drop a hell every now and then <laughs> and it'll be like, Ooh, she, she's saucy. But like, I think that our parents are so used to parenting us that they're like, okay, you are, you are this role. And until we graduate out of that role, we will always be like that to them. So until you can almost prove to them, which is what I had to do with my career before they could support me, is like, oh, I can stand on my own two feet. I can think for myself. And these are my thoughts. And this is how I want to show up. I think then you can start connecting a little bit more once they know that they no longer have to be that kind of, I don't know, overarching figure. And then you can be more of equals. That takes a long time, though. I'm like just getting there. I, yeah. Also, imagine having a kid right now. Like, that's when our parents were our age. That's when my mom had me when she was 22. So, like, yeah. yeah, granted, young, but like back then, it, that was more normal. Yeah. And now we can, we have the luxury of waiting then when we, to when we want. But like, imagine not knowing how you're going to raise a kid. Yeah. Of course, they're going to mess up. They're 25 with a three-year-old. Like, of course this is crazy. They haven't figured themselves out. It's so weird too. I was just about to say like generationally, like that factors in so much as well because like our parents' dreams are so different from what our dreams look like, right? Yeah. Like the fact that there's so much more at our hands that we can do that maybe weren't offered to our parents when they were our age. It's so different because like a lot of yeah, I don't know. It's just like there's such a huge gap in between like what your dreams look like versus what my dreams look like. I you feel like my parents' dreams were so practical. Mine are so like out there. I feel like our parents' dreams were to have us. Probably. How cute, you guys. All of you guys are your parents' dreams. Yeah. That's so cute. They're like, we're lonely. Everyone text your parents yeah. after this. They're like, we want a friend. Let's just give birth to one. So... <laughs> Humans always having to make things. Yeah. Did that answer your question? We're all like insecure. Are we doing anything up here? (laughs) How are we on time? Are we? Um, So it's around like eight o'clock. Kind of transitioning from this previous conversation. 
We actually had a few questions from FSA and Musa that we'd like to ask you about like culture and identity. Cool. And then I figured um, we could open it up to like any last minute questions and then go into meet and greet. Or cool. Right. Sorry okay. that we talk so yeah. much, no, but no. I hope we'll be more hopefully concise hopefully like our helpful. answers. Insightful. You know, I love this. So I'm going to give the microphone back to Sarah and Fran and they're going to join you up there. Cool. So, um, okay, so our question from Musa, we were wondering if you had ever struggled with coming to terms with your racial identity um, because you are multiracial and if you had any advice for people who are kind of struggling to like embrace themselves and come into themselves as a multiracial person because yeah. our club is a lot about discussing that where our identity lies. Yeah, we were actually talking about this not too long ago. I think I I only really felt resistant when I was younger because I was I grew up in Florida and everyone were like cute white girls. I just wanted to be cute and white so bad until I started meeting other Filipinos and being like, oh, you're way cooler than them. And like also feeling like, like I mentioned earlier, never feeling like I had a community. I did feel like I had some people that I could relate to when I met other Filipinos and we all know Filipinos are just like so inviting and warm and like eat all of this food because you have to or you you don't like me. It's very it's just so inclusive and I think once I started feeling included and supported and I did when I met more Filipino people then I was like oh, I don't ever care about my white side. And then like when I got a little bit older, I was like, oh, that you can have, you can have the best of both worlds yeah. being multiracial. And, and it, that's only helped me. It, like, it truly has like any time in business or in relationships. It just, as soon as I know someone's Filipino, it's like, I get the deal. It's, it's like, we're, we always have each other's backs. I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, we, we know that we're on, I don't want to say like the same team because it's not about being on teams, but we like, we got each other's back no matter what. And we always want to see them succeed. Like, I don't know, we all love Bruno Mars because we're like, yeah, baby, do it for us. And it's like, you know, like we're all, we're all here loving each other and eating lumpia. Hey. <laughs> What about you? How did you deal with with your ethnicity, especially in the industry? Uh, I, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, so I was like one of five Asian people in my high school. But like I was telling Megan, like, I feel like it's such a weird question to answer sometimes because like I think we as any kind of ethnicity can't make general blanket statements for a whole because I think each one of us is going to have such there will be pockets that are similar but each one of us is going to have such different stories so like growing up I didn't really struggle with this racial identity thing because it didn't you you would think it would because I would be so tokened out but I was well received in my school up like up coming up in St. Louis so I didn't get picked on I didn't hear tons of racial slurs I wasn't like a like being cast off to the side um if anything like I became so like not seeing color that when I got to NYU and there was all these like KSA uh I, I actually was part of IFA that was the first it's the Inter International Filipino Association I was a part That's of right. IFA before I was a part of KSA <laughs> um like I just I don't know I was like why does everybody care about like their race so much I didn't really understand it because like that wasn't a thing for me growing up but that's such a personal unique story to me like I can't speak on it 
like as a general blanket statement, like, oh, everyone would have experienced this. It's going to be so different from person to person. But yeah, I guess like, I mean, I don't know if like the industry stuff interests anyone here, but uh, that's a new thing like upcoming thing that's happening. There's like a renaissance in the industry, especially with like people of color and there is a new up and come, but it's it's difficult because like now everything is so targeted about like your race. Are you Asian enough? Are you right. like too Asian? Are you, it's, it's such a weird thing and I'm still navigating it, I would say, but uh, I guess I will say that I, anything, at the end of the day, I am, I've learned to become quite proud of my Korean heritage, but it took like probably over 20 years of that. And if anything, I have regrets not owning up to my, my ethnicity and race earlier on in my life. Like I don't speak Korean very well and I, I realize how important that is now and how cool it is now if I could yeah. speak multiple languages. Um, like, you know, like our Uber driver yesterday, even he was telling us that he saw um, like a car with a bumper sticker that said something like, what do you say? Like, uh, we speak English here or something like that. Or like, get out yeah, of our country if you can't speak offensive. English. Something super racist, right? But I'm like, dude, do you not realize how cool it is if you can speak totally? Like all of our parents are bilingual like that's freaking tight like I can't even my parents speak English and Korean better than I can speak English and Korean you know like I I envy that like they've they were forced to have to learn a second language where we don't we're not forced to it's a privilege to be able to learn multiple languages um but yeah I, I just do wish I kind of owned up to it earlier on in my life but I'm I'm learning now. And like, I think there's things like Filipino pride like there's hella Korean pride yeah like it's it runs deep Deeper they'll take than Filipinos. I don't doubt know. it. I don't know. They'll they'll take ownership over anything and everything they can. Like, oh, you're a quarter Korean. Oh, go Korea. That's all ours. Like, everybody run and support that. It's it's such an interesting thing. Oh yeah. Okay. So from FSA, um, how would you say being part Filipino has shaped like the values that you hold now and like throughout your childhood growing up? I think. I think it's so much about inclusivity. I think that's the main thing. I've never felt ostracized. I've never felt at all out of the picture if there was another Filipino present. And it's like, that's how we were raised. We were raised to be hospitable. We were raised to cook a meal and eat it with someone and just be kind and warm hearted and good people. And I think that, I don't know if it was just that or if it was like a lot of, Filipinos are also raised Catholic. And so it was maybe my Catholic upbringing together. It's hard to like pinpoint what it was, uh, but I'm so grateful for all of it. Like, I think that I would not be who I was if I, I mean, obviously I wouldn't be who I was if I wasn't Filipino, but if I wasn't raised with that culture, like with without like, I have so many cousins too, 13 cousins. And so like, we would always like, yeah, same, all of us do. We're all cousins. <laughs> and he's always like, be at my Lola's house. It would just be like the best time ever. And like knowing the culture, it is so cool. And I don't know, when you're in a whitewashed city, it's, it's not as cool because no one knows what you're talking about. It's like being Filipino is like being in this inside joke that lasts forever, that goes everywhere and yeah. it's like being understood anywhere you go and especially traveling so much and then meeting someone being like you're Filipino oh my god we're instantly best friends and I feel like I can be at home no matter where I am 
Oh, that's cute. <laughs> True. Yeah. No, I've every every Filipino I've ever met has made me feel so at home. Yeah. yeah. And they danced or sang for you. Absolutely. <laughs> and made lots of food for me. Like I can't not eat around a Filipino. Oof. I'll be well fed. What's your favorite Filipino food? Ooh, I like chicken adobo. I like sisig too. I like lumpia. Like Yo, she makes a bomb chicken adobo. Though. I really do. I only date white men, and they eat every single rice kernel with that juice on top. Give me that bay leaf and that that whole peppercorn. Yeah, that whole peppercorn. Yeah. <laughs> What's yours? I really like taron because I like I have a big sweet tooth. Mm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. All right. And lugao. I like lugao when I'm sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Synagogue is nice too. Everyone's Put that in my veins. Now, right? Yeah. So we're going to open it up to maybe one or two more questions, and then we can go right into our meet and greet if Megan and Amanda are okay with that. Cool. So here's one. We'll keep these shorter. Attempt. Yeah. Uh, hi. Hi. So nice to see you guys. Um, I have, it's kind of a two-part, but I know you guys want to keep it short so you can just like keep it short. But um, I was wondering how you knew if someone like has feelings for you and because <gasps> like hi. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see what that reaction was of all of us. Are they watching life. your Instagram stories? Yes. Okay. Are they replying to them? Um, no. Okay. Well, we have a starting point. Um, we're like friends and we study together and we hang out sometimes and like, I don't want to like tell him how I feel because I feel like it'll ruin the friendship. But have you ever touched him or he touched you when you're laughing? Yeah, we, he gives me hugs all the time and they're really nice. <laughs> how long are they? Um, if I'm like... <laughs> if you had to Mississippi them. Is he in this oh, room? No. She looks... Oh my God! <laughs> they walk eyes and she goes, uh-huh. Well, he knows now, girl. <laughs> no, he's not. Um... Like, so we were, like, I had a really big exam, and we were, like, studying, and I was kind of sad, and he, like, gave me a really long hug. And, like, now whenever I'm studying, he always gives me a really long hug, and they're, like, they make my heart warm. Oh! <laughs> Girl, you're cute. He definitely likes you. <laughs> I would say, yeah. If the hug is longer than one Mississippi, I think that's a sign. But what if he's just really friendly? Do, have you seen him with other people? Yeah. I don't know if he hugs them too, though. <laughs> Have you been in a, in a circle with him and other people? Yeah, and people say that, like, he stares at me a lot when we're saying... You have your answer! You have third-party people telling you that he likes Wait, you? No, no, but a lot of my friends say because he's, like, in a What's frat. his Instagram? <laughs> Are you going to look at his Instagram? I'm not going to... Oh, never mind. <laughs> Follow my Instagram. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just like, and like, I guess the second part of it is like, how do I get to a place where like, it doesn't matter if he has feelings for me or not. And I can still feel like confident Ooh. and like happy with myself. And I can still feel like, oh, like I am super cool. Even if he doesn't <sighs> like me. I relate to this so well, You already are that. <laughs> but how do you believe it? I mean, you already are. Inherently, you already are that. But if you don't believe it yet, what can get you there? Mm, make a list of 10 things that you love about yourself. And I like to do this sometimes is 
close your eyes when you like go to your dorm rooms or uh, your house and open your eyes up and pretend like you were in a coma for a long time and are trying to figure out who you are. So then you'll, you'll start looking at like your nightstand and you start looking at the art you have on the wall and like your records or whatever it is. And then you'll be like, oh, this person must like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Would I be friends with this person? And if it's a yes, you love yourself. But if, if it's, I guess if it's a no, then I don't really know. Then maybe it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that like, I don't know, the key is that you already are cool and good without him. But also, I think what I said earlier, like if you rank yourself against others uh, or against if this guy likes you or not, then that, I guess it's like a skewed system. It's a scale that is already miscalculated from the jump. So I think it doesn't matter if he likes you, but if he doesn't, he's a loser. <laughs> I think he likes you though. <laughs> You're welcome. What a fun question. Oh. All right, let's Probably do relate so hard, here. Though. Okay, this will be our last question of the night then. Also, if you reply to an Instagram story, that is a flirt. Oh, yeah. to, uh, okay, good. <laughs> it's a super flirt to me. You don't think so? Do you not think so? Raise your hand if you think flirting, if, if replying to your Instagram story is a flirt. Three people? It depends on what it is, fine. If you post something where you definitely look good and they reply with an emoji reaction, Raise your hand if you think that's a flirt. Okay, okay, okay. So it's, uh, okay, you gotta look cute in it. I get it. Okay, our last question, where is it? Um, hi. Oh, hey. Uh, so I guess like you say like a lot about like practical tips. What are your best tips in regards to like a breakup? <sighs> getting over one? Yeah. Or breaking up? <laughs> getting over one. Okay. Let's all give one tip down the line. How cute is that? <laughs> Okay, my tip, yeah, I'll yeah. go last, I'll go no, last. No, you go first. Dear God. Okay, I'll go first. Everyone else is sweating up here. I don't remember. Listen, I don't, I have, when was my last breakup? Okay, okay, I have okay. no advice. Okay, been, fine. Again, hard single. <sighs> Getting over one. I think you cannot rush it, which is what you're going to want to do, obviously. But I think if you feel it and you allow yourself to feel the pain, sucks so bad and yes like it does but like you can't fast forward it you can't rewind and pretend you never met them you can't go around it you can't go over it you literally have to go through it and it's going to be like the stickiest like laser what are those like laser mazes it's going to be one of those for a long time and it, it truly is going to suck so bad but like just go in knowing that if you resist it it will persist. So like really go in head on, just go, okay, okay guys, just like punch my heart, it's fine. You're gonna be good in the end. This, the only practical advice that is, is just knowing that it's gonna suck. Another practical tip would be love lists. Make a list of five things that make you feel truly alive and take yourself on one of those dates and just like be with yourself and do that, do one thing per week if you have time. Like if, if your schedule allows, just do one thing for yourself. That's it. If you do it and you want more, get more, baby. Mm. But if you want, if you have one, just go to the conservatory one week. If you love like cooking, cook the next week, cook for your roommates, cook for yourself. I just think like, oh, here's another tip. 
everything that you've done with that person, do it again with another person. So you're like wiping out the memory of them. Create new memories. <laughs> not wiping. And not a, not a not wiping thing, it out. But, but you we, know, like we talk about this all the time. Like, how can you like recreate this to have a better memory of it? Yeah. Or a different memory of it. Yeah, like we'll be going to like an umami and I'll be like, I was broken up here once. And then we'll go like, okay, let's get, let's do it again. And, and this time. time. Exactly. Yeah. So that the last time you went wasn't the breakup. It was when I had fun eating a truffle burger. <laughs> okay, your tip for getting over a breakup. Okay, um, definitely talk about it. Like don't keep all your feelings to yourself. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely talk about it. Spend time with your friends. I love my friends. That's my tip. That's a good one. Yeah, talk about it. Write about it. Not on Twitter, though. <laughs> Unless it's, like, poetic. Yeah, on your Finsta. You can do it on your Finsta. <laughs> um, avoid da dating apps, because I feel like <gasps> trying to, like, of, like, distract yourself by kind of channeling your emotions into another person is not healthy either. It's not. And it's just going to, like, bring back a lot of things in the end. So just, like, take time for yourself. Oh, um, I would say, ah, this is so anticlimactic, um, like exercising. Oh, yeah. So, I, I say it with like a uh, question mark. No, that's but for I sure. Think, yeah, like one it, practical in terms of endorphins um, and like also just like sweating just feels really good and productive. Um, but also like you're doing something that's benefiting you. Um, but it's also just so you can channel your energy into something. But like that's like a super practical one. But I just want to repeat something Megan said about like creating a list of 10 things that you like about yourself. Because I think regardless of what's going on in your life, like I've talked to so many people and I've if I ask them, like, what's something you, you like about yourself? One thing when I tell you it takes people 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to even think of one thing. And then I was like, well, what's something you want to change about yourself? Oh, they can name 15 things in five seconds. So I think a lot of us, we we dwell so much on like the things we want to change about ourselves. And so it's only going to be amplified when like something traumatic or like heartbreaking happens to us because then our brain quickly goes to like all the things that if only this, if only this, if only this, right? So I think like actually do the work and find a list of or create a list of for yourself of like 10 things that you like about yourself. Because like one, I know it exists for all of us. We just don't spend enough time thinking about it. So that like, when shit like that happens, it's like, yeah, no, wait, this is kind of your loss because like I am all of these things, mm -hmm. right? Because I like I joke about like not being broken up with, but I've been rejected. Like I told a friend of mine who I had feelings for that I liked him and totally got shut down. And it was like really weird, really hard. We're still friends too, by the way, like good friends. So like I, that was a really weird thing I had to, kind of recover from or bounce back from because like I can spend all these months wondering like what went wrong what's wrong about me why didn't this work out but there's also like a weird thing that I do believe about the universe that protects us from certain things so like yeah f create that list know that like in a weird way something is working out for your benefit even though these like heartbreaking things might happen but yeah something is working out for your benefit in that yeah <gasps> one last practical tip she's got good ones is write a letter to them but don't send it put everything you want laughs I promise unless you're to all the um, boys you, you left like, before yeah unless you like want to unless you're Lord, what's her name Lord Jean, Lord Jean? Jean. 
Clark Jean. Oh, right. The five yeah, the, one that actually got sent. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, write a letter to them. Everything that you want. And it could be like ferocious. You could be such a bitch in it. But just burn it. And then it feels so, it really does. You laugh now. But like, it really feels so good because you got everything you want out, especially if like they blocked you on everything and, and you don't want to talk to them. You don't want to open it up. It's just like, oh, I want to say so many things and I hate you. Tell them you hate them in this letter and then burn it. And then have a dance yeah. party. Yeah. Two step. Yeah. Blast some music. Be, yeah. be what's her face from Grey's Anatomy and yeah. break a sweat. Yo, it feels good to have a solo dance party. Yeah telling you yeah cry ice cream mm. the main things mm. also sorry i don't think we all said sorry about the breakup okay, <laughs> okay. See, she, knows it's, she knows it's good yeah <laughs> it's always good if it's not working for you it's working against you hey we love you anna <laughs> oh cool. cool i've never started a thing before <laughs> Thank you so much, Megan Thank and you. Amanda. Can we all give them a round of applause? Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, you guys. Yes. Okay. Thank you guys seriously yes. for all your questions. It was truly awesome and inspiring to hear this. Thank you guys so much for flying out and talking to us here at Pitt. Um, yeah. Yay. Thank okay. you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming. Have a good night. Yeah. Yay. Thanks for being here on a Saturday night. That was a HeadGum Podcast.